I like knowing exactly where my tasty, delicious meat comes from. And with Moink, that place is small family farms all across America. From farm direct to your dining table, Moink gives you access to the freshest, sustainably sourced meat and fish. Moink is dedicated to helping save rural America. Join the Moink movement today. The Moink difference is one that you can taste and feel good knowing that you're helping family farms stay financially independent. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted, and Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Simonoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Keep America farming by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Dana right now and get free filet mignon for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Dana. That's moinkbox.com slash Dana. I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law, and the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights, it should be, we provide an exception for this, the the, require an exception to the filibuster for this action. Okay, so that was the president this morning who was in Europe. He was in Spain at their NATO G7, etc. And he's bashing the Supreme Court. He said it was outrageous. He bashed the Supreme Court while he was in Spain. And then he said that we need to eliminate the filibuster to codify Roe v. Wade. But I don't think that he understands that the filibuster exception to codify Roe v. Wade, as one of my friends pointed out, is a filibuster exception for national abortion ban and a filibuster exception for all because there's no more filibuster? What? Welcome welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Thursday. It is Independence Day EVV. And we've got a lot to get into. It's a very busy morning because we had two Supreme Court decisions, the last two of SCOTUS's term. And as I always tell you, if you have signed up to the newsletter, you already know what they are. I already read them and I already wrote about them for you. Sent it out to you this morning. Uh, actually, probably officially a half hour ago. So, you know, still this morning. But you have it and it's just a... Uh, distilled all distilled down to basically a couple paragraphs that you can understand but we're gonna we're gonna dive into that but this was the president saying that well we need to eliminate the filibuster to codify roe v wade so is he is he going to eliminate the filibuster now for just basic generic legislation because that's what it seems like harry reid was warned about the nuclear option and what would happen and he did it anyway it's like these people never pay attention (sighs) <sighs> All right. So that's how we started the day. He's like, yes, we're, we're I'm going to back the filibuster to codify. You know, he said it. He said that it was outrageous behavior what the Supreme Court did. S- it, they did their job. They they just did what they 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 read the merits of the cases being argued and they make a determination based on law. What was outrageous about it? I just when when are we going to go back to the Supreme Court with them believing that the Supreme Court is legitimate again? Because it it was when Obamacare passed, then it wasn't. He got a big victory. Biden got a victory this morning from SCOTUS with the remain in Mexico policy. And I'll start there. The remain in Mexico policy, which I, I wrote about. I read this. I was reading this. He, we had like split wins. There were split. It was, you know, it was one for you could say it was one for the right one for the left. 
And so let's start with the, we're, we'll get into the EPA because I'm going to go on about cap and trade a little bit here, but that's coming up. That was the, the West Virginia versus Environmental Protection Agency. And so, but the second, this, this opinion, it was a 5-4 victory for Biden. Supreme Court determined that Biden no longer has to enforce Trump's remain in Mexico policy. Now I was reading this, Biden v. Texas, and I've excerpted, uh, excerpted some of the uh, you know, key points, but essentially... What the court determined is that the policy is discretionary based on the language and not mandated. Because you remember the Remain in Mexico policy was, and, and this was something that they, that, that the Trump administration put into effect and everyone was, uh, when they were citing uh, coronavirus and lockdowns, et cetera, ultimately was saying, look, if you're trying to file, you're trying to come into the country, you, you want to get amnesty, whatever, you need to file in your country of origin and wait there. Like everywhere else you have to do. It's like if I wanted to go to Ireland, I couldn't just show up at Ireland and be like, wait a minute, I'm here to amnesty. That doesn't work. They'll send you back anywhere else in the world except for the United States. That's our penalty, I guess, for being the world's police. Right. I don't know. So according to the the opinion, which was authored, the opinion for the court, which was authored by Roberts, the policy is discretionary. It's not mandated. And. They cited how they I mean, they really got into some of the the I mean, it's just it's a it's some semantics. But with the statute, it says the statute says may and may does not uh, may does not uh, just suggest discretion. It clearly connotates it. That was the key line. Um, I, I quoted three graphs of the the opinion for you. But that to me was the key line. So they were saying, look, the way that it's worded is that it it's it's discretionary. This and, and you know what? Here was the theme. And I'm going to touch on this before we dive into the other one, the EPA one as well. And I I was thinking of this after I read uh, the West Virginia versus EPA and then with Biden v. Texas. This was kind of a slap from SCOTUS, in my estimation, towards Congress for not doing anything. And it was pretty well intimated also to us, the voter, for also not doing our due diligence and making sure that there is oversight of the people that we elect. They were essentially saying, get off your ass and do your job, Congress. And that's the and it and it and it does get in it does get into this a little bit later on. They're saying that the statutory grant of discretion uh, doesn't have any other caveat, and they're not going to rewrite the statute to include one. So it's discretionary, not mandated. Now here's the th- here's the thing. Border problems are worsening. Right. We just had the story of 51 people dead in a semi tractor trailer, 51 people dead because of this, their open borders policy. So his daily, I mean, I check every single day and it's like a new record low. That's just going to further add to that problem. So does he do nothing? Because what this ruling does is it vacates the injunction that was put on his ending the policy. So now he has the freedom and discretion to end it. But is he going to do it? Because I think considering all of the other issues with the border that are clearly affecting him and also affecting Democrats, not just in border cities in Texas and Arizona and elsewhere, but elsewhere in the nation, I think that is not the best move for him. However, that assumes that he's a strong enough of a party leader to withstand the current of the squad who will squawk about them ending it. And he is, of course, going to follow that, so they're going to end it. 
They were going to, I mean, he was doing it anyway. So he's going to end it. When, I don't know. He'll prob- they'll probably wait and stage some kind of press conference, you know, make a big deal about it. Whenever they can most exploit it to advantage is when they'll do it. Now, as it relates to the other opinion that came down, the EPA, West Virginia versus the Environmental Protection Agency. Now, do you guys remember back during, was this 2010? 2010, 2011, cap and trade. I literally had a t-shirt that had a pirate on it. It said cap and trade. This is essentially what this was. Back during uh, all of the the talk about cap and trade resulted in this 2015 uh, rule of the clean power plan. That's what the Obama administration had proposed and that's what they wanted to implement. They never actually got to implement it because the Trump administration, Trump's EPA, they withdrew it and replaced it. And they were going to try to get each state to cut these power plant emissions. And they told states, you got to submit your plans by such and such time. And you get to like, what, 2030 or something to meet this goal, whatever. And the several states went to federal court to challenge it. So they were all these, you know, there was that one uh, 2016 ruling from the Supreme Court, five to four, et cetera, et cetera. So essentially what the court and again, Roberts authored the opinion for the court what they discovered is that the EPA completely exceeded their statutory, their authority entirely, their regulatory, author, regulatory authority to use the Clean Air Act and, and try to argue that the Clean Air Act gave them, you know, full measure to go and, and uh, regulate what power plants, electric, etc. And so once again, the court said, no, you don't get to do that. That's actually Congress's job. And further, Roberts noted that Congress had explicitly, previously, and not just one time either, rejected the EPA's previous attempts to expand their authority. They note that the agency must, and this is his opinion, must limit the magnitude of generation shift it demands to a level that will not be exorbitantly costly or threaten the reliability of the grid. He goes on and says that, On the EPA's view of section, and this is the statute they're talking about, that Congress implicitly tasked it and and it alone with balancing the many vital considerations of national policy implicated in the basic regulation of how Americans get their energy, there is little reason to think that Congress did so. They said that the EPA has admitted that the issues of electricity transmission, distribution, and storage are not within its traditional expertise. And this court, Roberts writes, doubts that Congress intended to delegate decisions of such economic and political significance, i.e. how much coal-based generation there should be over the coming decades to any administrative agency. And they cite previous cases on that. He adds, nor can the court ignore that the regulatory writ EPA newly uncovered in Section 111D conveniently enabled it to enact a program, namely cap and trade for carbon that Congress had already considered and, and rejected numerous times. End quote. So if the EPA wants such authority, the court determined Congress must explicitly act to grant them such authority, which they did not do. Now, my first thought after reading this opinion was, what does this portend for the CDC? Ah, that's what I immediately thought. What does this mean for the CDC? Because remember, 
We went through this whole thing again, and it went to the courts. The CDC was expanding their authority under coronavirus emergency powers to act as financial institutions, etc. They wanted to, they, they, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, thought it within their purview to stop collecting payments for rent. Now, notice that the CDC never told banks to stop collecting payments for mortgages. They just told property owners to stop collecting checks for rent. Putting a lot of people in a very bad position at a time when home ownership is falling. And big financial institutions like, what is it, BlackRock and others, Vanguard and more, are purchasing up homes so that others can't. Very interesting. So what does it mean for them? We're going to discuss that a little bit here coming up. Also, this is what we got for you. We got headlines on the way, but my friend Chuck Michelle, who is with uh, the California Rifle and Pistol Association, he's the president and an attorney, he's going to join me because, you know, we just had one week ago the Supreme Court case, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, going up and and basically underscoring the bear part of to keep and bear arms. But in California, right after this, and it was almost as if it was purposefully punitive, the attorney general's office there in California somehow released the names and races, which is weird to me, of all of the concealed carry permit holders. We're going to talk to Chuck Michelle about that because I can't imagine that that's going to go unanswered, at least legally. So we got that. We're also going to get into, we got a lot of wokery, and we also have reactions to the EPA ruling because I did think it very interesting that AOC, the glorified bartender who somehow found her way in Congress, how she thinks that it is absolutely, quote, catastrophic that here she says we need to reform or do away with the whole thing for the sake of the planet, talking about the Supreme Court after their ruling on the EPA. Because she apparently thinks the EPA has more power than Congress when it comes to regulatory authority, even though Congress repeatedly rejected that. People who try to cite the Clean Air Act, as as Roberts noted, that's not exactly at all what it, what it allowed them to do. So we're going to get into that and a whole bunch more. It's getting hot outside, mostly from all the grills firing up. Summer grilling is upon us, and if you're looking for the perfect cuts to put on your grill this year, look no further than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the place to get 100% American meat this summer. I love how easy it is to get all my favorite cuts of beef, chicken, and even seafood shipped right to my door. With meat prices higher than ever, Good Ranchers is giving you free steaks. That's right, free steaks. So right now, get two free 18-ounce prime center-cut ribeyes with my code DANA. That's a $100 offer free to you. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash DANA for over two pounds of free ribeye steaks added to your order at no cost to you. This is a limited-time deal, so don't miss out on your free 18-ounce prime center-cut ribeyes because I promise you they're not going to be around for long. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana and use code Dana. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Dana, code Dana. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. This is the love that I give. These are the arms for the hold. Turn on your love light. Shine it all around. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So federal officials are urging Google and Apple to purge TikTok from their app stores. 
And this is on the heels of reporting and audio that's been published showing that the Chinese employees of ByteDance, the Beijing-based company that runs TikTok, have, quote, repeatedly accessed non-public data from American users. I mean, it's just a, it's a CCP thing. I don't know why anybody would have it. That's why I don't I don't do it. I don't I don't mess with TikTok because of that. But they said that uh, FCC Commissioner Brennan Carr has called on the Alphabet CEO and Apple CEO to nix the app from its platforms. It, we've talked to Carr about this. It, it is a security risk. You cannot try. And why? I see government officials on it. Why? Why are you even on that? It's just weird. If you're flying this weekend, prepare yourself for more and maybe worse, says the Hill, cancellations, because we have, of course, a pilot shortage. Does anyone want to say that maybe it has to do with vaccinations? I don't know. I'm just wondering. Airlines are struggling to meet the surging demand after lockdowns amid the pilot shortages, the staffing shortages. But they're saying the FAA also doesn't have adequate staffing, which I can attest to. And that they do not have any kind of plans for personnel ahead of summer holidays. All I know is that when I went through Nassau, there were, I mean, like 600 people. And there were two agents working out of 15 kiosks to process pre-clearance for customs. It was ridiculous. People were missing their flights right and left because of that. And speaking of that, 1,800 flights were canceled in one single day as Independence Day approaches. So just, you know, anticipate that it's going to suck if you're flying. Uh, The Center for Legal Equality filed a lawsuit against Loudoun County Public Schools for promoting secret gender transitions and distributing pornographic, which they super were, books in their library. We have coming up next, Chuck Michelle, president of California Rifle and Pistol Association on the doxing of those concealed carry holders. Stick with us. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Really troubling stuff. And we talked about this after I came back from take I go I leave one week and all hell breaks loose. Come back and here in California, everybody's stuff is just released out into the ether out of the attorney general's office. And it very conveniently happened after the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case. 
Now, I'm not saying that it was punitively done, but I am intimating that it was punitively done because it just is way too convenient. Joining me right now on this is the president of California's Rifle and Pistol Association, my friend Chuck Michelle, who has been keeping everyone apprised of all of this. Now, Chuck, it's always so good to see you, my friend. I, I know that they tried to, you, I mean, when you open Pandora's box on the internet, it's forever. And I know that they've tried to close it. That I mean, there's screenshots galore. It's still going to be out there. It is what it is. This is really dangerous to, because we're talking about people who are police officers and judges in addition to civilians. And from what I understand, like racial aspect was also included. Talk to us about this and, and really the significant danger that, that the AG's office just imposed on all Californians. Sure. First, let me say it's good to see you, old friend. And I love to see you thriving and battling it out with the, the, the ninnies on Twitter. It's, it's, <laughs> it's my evening amusement every night. Thank you. I so appreciate it. It's great it. to see you. And it's great to be back on the show. Yeah. So, you know, uh, since Bruin came down, the entire uh, attitude in Sacramento has been payback. They're vindictive, sore losers, and they're trying to do everything they can to limit the ruling in Bruin, to try and not let, uh, uh, to make a, a permit to carry a license in public as useless as possible. They're trying to expand the definition of sensitive place where a permit would not be valid to, you know, it's, you know, everything within a thousand feet of a church, a school or a stop sign. I mean, everything's going to be a sign. sensitive place by the time they get finished. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to ratchet up good moral character, make it so that uh, if you if you ever took a mulligan at golf, you're a, you have bad moral character. And this is the kind of games they're playing. And in that context, that's when the attorney general decides to make this grand announcement that he's going to start sharing gun data for transparency reasons. And he sets up this website portal that was supposed to have limited access to only certain publicly available public records, not private information. But by accident, as only a government bureaucrat can do, they screwed up that release and somebody uh, set up the website so that you could access everything, including assault weapon re registration information, dealer record of sale of firearm sales information, uh, uh, firearm safety certificate uh, information, gun violence restraining orders that have been issued. And the cherry on top of that mess of a Sunday is all the records of every CCW holder in the state, including wow. their home residence address. So there are a lot of celebrities and prosecutors and judges and just ordinary folks. Think of the stalked woman who got this permit. Remember, it was hard to get a permit yeah. before Bruin in California. You had to show some real threat. So all these women who got had some kind of a threat, or, or, or men for that matter, had an actual threat uh, they don't want that person to be able to find their home address. They don't want to get, be able to have that person uh, uh, who, who was stalking them now be able to find them. But now that the, the attorney general has put all those people's lives in danger. We had a judge out here about 10 years ago who accidentally put his home address on his car registration. A bad guy found him and murdered him and his wife. I remember that. So, so uh, the, 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 the threat to human life that the attorney general has created by this is just it's immeasurable. No. Now they've taken down the site, but you can't unring the bell. No, that's out there permanently. Talking to my friend Chuck Michel, president of California Rifle and Pistol Association. Chuck, what I, what I, what I think is hysterical about this, sadly, I mean, I mean, really not that funny, but 
nonetheless, the AG's office was saying that the reason that they decided to 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 do all of this and and keep all of this data and make certain bits or certain portions of this portal accessible to, as you said, the the supposed to be publicly accountable clowns that we have in office uh, was, you know, to to for transparency and to make things safer, you know, to reduce violence, which is weird because I mean, there I don't know how I could sit here and cite the studies. Yeah, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, but people who have permits are the most law-abiding folks in the country. Those are not the people that we have to worry about. I'm, I'm pretty sure that drug dealers aren't going to be, you know, registering their stuff. No, th- th- this is not an academic discussion anymore. 43 <laughs> states have shell issue. Millions right. and millions of people have CCWs. And every time they, the state went to switch, you got the, oh, we're going to have Wild West shootouts and, 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 and violence in the streets. Never happened. But that's what the politicians and bureaucrats in Sacramento are trying to to parrot again. They have their talking points and never let a fact get in the way of a good press conference. <laughs> but, but in the meantime, you know, there's people out there who are scared because who knows how many people downloaded this information, who knows who they shared it with, who knows where this information has gotten to. And so the attorney general, you know, the biggest, his biggest move so far was to acknowledge his statutory obligation, his legal obligation to notify the people that their personal information was released. So we're looking into lawsuits and I think we'll wind up filing a class action, but that's not gonna put this cat back in the bag. The people's information is still out there. And, you know, what what are you going to be able to do besides move? I mean, this is why, by the way, gun owners oppose uh, mandatory registration of firearms because you can't trust the government to keep your private information private. You just can't. And this is the the exact. Yeah, and that's a great point. For people who don't know, we're talking to Chuck Michelle, president of California Rifle Pistol Association. California, you have to register your stuff in California. And I will all, never... F- all firearm purchases are yeah, registered, yeah. It is, and it's wild because I've seen some of the, the permits out there. I mean, they list your stuff on the card. It, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, California is beautiful for that reason alone. I can't stay there more than 48 hours. It just weirds me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah the weather is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it, man. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the Sacramento is rigged. Mm. Uh, they, they're not listening. You know, the, all these people are going to complain to their, uh, maybe because there's a couple of hundred thousand people that have these permits and they've now been doxxed. Yeah. Maybe they'll wake up. I mean, I kind of was looking, I would have loved to have a CCW list at around election time to send those folks, you know, uh, time to vote. And maybe now they'll be, be, be motivated to engage and stay informed. So, you know, CRPA is reaching out. We've got a website set up that collects all the information through the crpa.org website because we're getting hundreds, hundreds of calls, hundreds of people that want to volunteer to be plaintiffs in a class action lawsuit. And, you know, we're going to do everything we can. Right now, we're just trying to figure out what kind of damage control the legislature or the attorney general is willing to do. Yeah, and, and that's super important because, I mean, these th- it's like a target list. This is something that happened. A uh, newspaper did this to permit holders in New York, I believe, a few years yeah, ago. Yeah. Put out and actually put a map and had dots where people lived on a map. Just it's and they, they said it was, you know, for, for yeah. transparency and safety. B.S. Right. Like registered sex offenders. I mean, that's the kind of database this is is now they're trying to turn this into. Yeah. Meantime, they've got 16 bills going to Governor Newsom's desk tomorrow that will just, you know, they don't even care anymore. The 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 uh, even the pre uh, the the pretext of thoughtful consideration of whether or not a bill might do any good that's out the window now. 
He's already said he hasn't even read the bills. He says he's going to sign them all. Just, this is vindictive, sore loser politics going on in California. But we're, we're pushing back and, and you know, we'll, we'll, we're, we just, yeah. I, I'm going to get a t-shirt made. Sue, Sue, Sue. I just got a was lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. I, and that's, and it's in, just crazy to me that we have to fight and that you all are having to do so much legal work against people that say they're going to protect you keep your information safe this is another reason why people oppose universal background checks it creates a registry de facto registry this is the same government that says oh trust us let's go ahead and get rid of due process let's go ahead and reduce it and and expedite everything with red flag law i mean we you can't as you said you can't trust these authorities at all you you cannot and i'm not speaking just about guns i'm i'm talking about experience butting heads with uh, bureaucrats the only thing the government knows how to do well is is grasp more power, try right. and take more power, and take it, give it to them, and take it away from you. Right. Because uh, they 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 you know once once the press conference is over, they don't they don't manage like a professional business would manage employees. They they're they're not managed. Who knows who who put this up there? Maybe some disgruntled employee who didn't like Bruin. You know, kind of like a clerk who released the. Abortion mm-hmm. ruling out of the Supreme Court, but doesn't matter uh, if you're a prof- if you're a professional manager, and that's what these people in charge of these agencies are supposed to be. You you put safeguards in place so the wrong stuff doesn't get released. Teach it; they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. And it's everyone's safety that was sacrificed as a result. Chuck there's, Michelle, there's yeah. going to be blood on people's on the Attorney General's hands over this. Somebody's going to get hurt or killed because somebody found out where they live and went to steal their gun or. Or they didn't like a ruling from a judge, or they didn't like a prosecutor. They're going to go. They're going to go hurt those people. There's violent conflict has been set up by this by this uh, uh, data breach. Shameful. I hope that that puts pressure on lawmakers to maybe reduce some of these restrictions on law-abiding gun owners in California. We'll see, though. Chuck, keep us keep us updated, and we'd love to talk with you again as the story progresses. You can find them at crpa.org, California Rifle and Pistol Association. Chuck Michelle, always a pleasure. So appreciate you, my friend, and your fight for freedom. God love you. Have me back anytime. I'll keep watching. Absolutely. Thanks, Chuck. Good to see you. Free speech, religious liberty, the Second Amendment. Across the country, your constitutional rights are under constant attack, and it's only getting worse by the day, which is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. They're not just America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They're one of the few companies fighting back. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus the peace of mind that your money is combating the left's attempt to silence you. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veteran and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT and get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so switch today. Between the left, the media, and rhinos, we need to stick together. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. The weird, the unusual, and the hilarious. Check out Dana's Absurd Truth Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Dana Show. You only arrest for the purpose of dealing with a felony that's committed, and I don't count drunk driving as a felony. 
Well, you know, he probably also doesn't consider lying on a 4473 a felony either. And he also probably doesn't consider being in illegal possession of a firearm when you're under the influence of a federally regulated uh, stimulant and you toss it in a trash can directly across from a school, which I would probably submit violated the uh, gun free zones, the school gun free zones act. Just saying. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here. I saw a creepy story about a crab, and I can't survive until I tell you about it. (sighs) New York Post. Kyle King, a Michigan native who lives in Japan. He was camping. He was in Okinawa, actually on an uninhibited island called Komaka in Okinawa. And at 2 a.m., as he was in his tent on this uninhabited paradise, he heard a scratching sound as if someone was gently tapping, tapping on his tent door. It was a scratching sound outside of his tent. And, you know, he's on an uninhabited island. What could the harm be? He goes outside, and that's when he finds, this is generous, a giant crustacean armed with a knife in its claw, and there's video of it, because he put it on the Beijing-owned TikTok. And he says, hey, bro, I need that knife. He said he picked up his phone to use the flashlight, but started filming once he figured something was out there. So he goes out and there is a crab that apparently had his steak knife. And it is huge. He said that the crab did give up its knife, his knife, and he thanked it for its cooperation. It's 17 seconds. They call the creature a coconut crab, a.k.a. robber crab, because it likes to steal things anything that it can get its little meaty claws on and by little i mean giant and it's weird and it's a giant bug which just to remind you if you enjoy lobster and scallops and shrimp you love bug meat be honest this thing it looks weird there was oh man there was one time there was a video in 2020 some australian golfers they had, they had to stop playing golf because a coconut crab climbed on board of a golf bag, grabbed a club, and snapped it in half. That's terrifying. I just don't... And it was an angry crab. They, have like, they said it was an angry crab with chainsaw pincers. Ooh, and that was on Reddit. That, uh, that's terrifying. I don't, I, don't like, I don't like tiny things with claws that have a lot of attitude. This one, though, seemed nice. But yeah, there was uh, a video of it, and they said it's it likes to tear open the coconuts with its pincers, and that's why they call it a coconut crab. But it there's video of this thing on a golf bag, and it grabs a club, and apparently it was the precise club that one of the players needed, and it snapped it the hell in half. Oh, oh, makes my mouth numb. I don't like this. Why do these exist? It's like stepping on it won't even kill it. No, you will die, maybe. I don't know. It'll snap your ankle in half like it does that. This one brave man, when he was on a golf course, he actually tried to take it off. Dude, it's bigger than a face hugger. Let's just go back for a minute. You all remember Alien, right? And how they would send out these weird little, these little shooty things that I, I don't know. They just flew in the air, apparently. And they would wrap their tails around your neck and hug on your face. And then you, everybody. See, men can get pregnant with alien babies. And then that happened, except they punched out of your chest. It's very famously. This is bigger than that. 
And yeah, it's just, ooh, they, they look fake and weird and I don't like it. Why does this exist? I wonder how they taste though, honestly. No, no, you don't. I kind of do. No, let's, you, would you eat one? I would. I don't know about killing one because I'm unsure now that I saw that video of my abilities to kill one. But if, it, if I do run into one and am able to kill it, I would try it. It See. legit like makes, I don't like it. It's weird and it, I don't, I don't know why it has to be here. With us. A lot of claw meat. Yeah, I don't. That's nasty, like though. It's said. a bug. It yeah. is a bug. That's like a spider that, with armor. That meat is just a delivery system for butter. Oh, that's literally so, all it is. is. So gross. I just need a minute. That's so nasty. <laughs> it is really nasty. I'm not like playing up. It's it's gross. I don't. There's certain things I don't. I can't handle well on that. A bug like that size, I can't. I don't even like them teeny tiny. Mm. This is why flamethrowers were invented. I don't even know if it would burn because, I mean, it's in, it's wearing armor. Does it burn? What is its armor made of? It's shell. Shut up. What is it made of? Nature with Dana. Okay, so ugh. I'm actually sick now. That's nasty. I, and I don't think I'm going to eat seafood for a long time, except for fish because they look normal. Coming up, we've got NATO. Is Biden going to try to drag us into World War III? Let's discuss. We have this petty Putin who says that Western leaders would look bad topless. But you know what? At least they're not three feet tall. We got that and more. Stick with us. So I think there's a lot of things we can do and we will do. But the bottom line is, ultimately, the reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. <laughs> That's, was that before or after he, fig- he forgot the difference between Sweden and Switzerland? Well, they both start with swa, so welcome, welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Second hour of the program, ladies and gentlemen. And that was POTUS at the NATO summit. The reason that gas prices are up is because of that damned Putin. Well, we all know. We've talked about this ad nauseum. We know why gas prices are up. It's, all, it's because of his policies. <laughs> Let's be real. It's because he's limited offshore drilling. It's because he's limited uh, and stopped leases on federal land. It's big, I mean, there's a number of reasons why. I saw this other headline, too. Because, uh, what's this, the addled Putin? I don't know who is weaker Physically at this point, Putin, who was shaking at the podium when he like talked recently and has to grab onto the table like he's about to slip down in the chair and fall to the floor like a coat or Biden, who falls down just getting off of a bike that's not even moving. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. But um, Putin had said they were he was I guess he was mad at uh, all the photos that everybody was getting at G7 and this was after there was a conversation between Boris Johnson and some of the other people there at G7. He said, apparently Johnson was joking, and he was like, yeah, well, G7 leaders could take their clothes off to show we're tougher than Putin. And Justin Trudeau apparently joked and said that they could do some kind of bare-chested horseback riding display. Just so FYI, all of that stuff with Putin was always staged. My favorite story is that time that there just happened to be a bunch of reporters up in like the Siberian forest up in the Ural Mountains or something. And who the hell knows what they were doing. But all of a sudden, a puma leapt out of the wilderness and then Putin saved them. No joke. He just he I know 
I don't know if they drug the puma beforehand, probably. Or what about that time he was in the Black Sea and he they were there. There was some sort of expedition. They were diving for treasures and he puts on his wetsuit, dives down to the bottom and he comes up with these super shiny treasures. Look at all of these antiquities. And he just happened to find them. Right? That happened. I'm not even making this up. <laughs> it's so obvious. It is so obvious. And then they would release all of these photos of him where he's looking like he's fishing or he's just sitting on a horse. You never see him actually riding the horse. He's just sitting there. I'm, you know. So anyway, Putin got wind of this discussion from these leaders and he said uh, his his... He said that unlike him, Western leaders abuse alcohol and don't do sports. Here was his quote. He says, quote, I don't know how they wanted to get undressed above or below the waist, but I think it would be a disgusting sight in any case. So he said that they would look bad without tops on is what he's saying. Well, at least they'd be over three feet tall. Have you seen how tall he's not? Putin? You know how candy bars come in fun size? And then anything below fun size is called a trick. He's tinier. He's little. There was a photo of him, and apparently like they're very conscious of that in Russian media. Very conscious of the fact that he's... I think he's smaller than Tom Cruise. I'm not exaggerating. He is a petite dude i've seen a couple different reports some say five seven and others he's not five seven he is not i would i would punch a crab he's not five seven those disgusting five six also unbelievable yeah i don't believe he's five six either there was he was there was a photo of him and it's online he was walking this is when i think tony blair was still prime minister and he was walking with with tony blair tony blair is not a large man and Putin was a good head and a half shorter than him. And it sort of shocked me because that, I think that was the first time that you saw him like standing next to. And, do they stand him on a box or something when he does photos normally? I mean, I don't know. But he was wee. <laughs> He's a wee little old man. <laughs> He's just... Actually, I see one here that says 5'5". Five, five. Is that more? Valuable? I'm bigger than him. I'm 5'7". I'm taller than him. He's 5'5". Five five. I could yeet him. Because technically, can't you just yeet someone smaller than you? Just saying. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a tiny dude. And I guess that was before his plastic surgery. Or steroids. He could be on steroids, and that's why, you know, he kind of looks like Madonna away in the face. So, he's, I guess, you know, I don't know. What would you, they see, what they can do is they can work out. What is he going to do? You're just short, dude. I mean, you have some short dude energy. I'm just saying. That's funny. But yeah, he goes, Western leaders abuse alcohol and don't do sports. Yeah, well, look how... Oh, man, I almost said something mean. <sighs> Kane, you know what I was going to say? Well, at least they're not... That's what I was going to say, but I can't say that because it's mean, you know? But do I care about being mean to Putin? I mean, they seem healthier than him right now. You know what I mean? So how well did that work out for you? Maybe you should have had some liquor. I'm just saying. I mean, come on. <sighs> anyway, I, I just, I love bad propaganda. It's just funny. And Russian propaganda is some of the funniest because it's so bad. It's just so bad.
Nobody believes this. Nobody believes that he does this. Like he's wearing goggles shirtless on a horse. The hell's wrong with you? He looks like he's cosplaying. Stop it. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, the Puma story. Google that. You can Google it. Just Google Putin Forest Puma and it comes up. It's one of the most goofiest things I've seen. It's almost as bad as some of the propaganda that I see that comes out from like CDC and this administration. But yeah. Anyway, so the G7's wrapping up. Biden's coming coming back to the United States. He didn't walk out to make his speech earlier with any cue cards or anything. Uh, So, you know, he did say uh, that uh, audio sound by 17, just to recap and then a flashback. He did once again call for eliminating the filibuster. Listen to this. I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law. And the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights. It should be we provide an exception. An exception. That's so the stupid. Except the, require an exception to the filibuster for this action. Because an exception means a, an exception for a national for a, a abortion ban. And is, are you going to have a filibuster exception for everything else after? Because then that means no more filibuster. You don't do an exception. This is why elections matter. Elections matter. That's why. So, well, here's a flashback, though. Remember what he said about the filibuster? This was just in 2005. Audio sound about 18,000. Listen to this. And we should make no mistake. This nuclear option is ultimately an example of the arrogance of power. It is a fundamental power grab by the majority party. Huh. Remember when they liked? Uh, yeah. Well, the party, yeah, yeah. Like I have to share with you, Rolling Stone, they're just real smart over there. They tweeted, The Supreme Court rules 6-3 that the planet should burn. The Supreme Court ruled on Thursday that the Environmental Protection Agency cannot regulate how much climate pollution power plants emit under the Clean Air Act. It's not at all what they ruled. They actually said it's Congress's job to craft policy, not that of a regulatory agency. But stupid cells. Now it's time for boots and pants. Here's someone that doesn't have anything to do with rock and roll being inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Boots and pants and boots and pants. Do we get to vote on any EPA member or leader? No, they are a bunch of appointed clowns. Okay, well, there it is. I mean, do you like to be do you like to be ruled by appointed clowns or elected clowns or Yeah, they don't. Uh, that's not. Ex- that's that's what they're running with. They're trying to say that they're just the Supreme Court hates the weather. That's <laughs> not what. It's not what they ruled. They just said this is. Co- I mean, and I wrote about it. I mean, you're you're free to go and read it. It's over at my Substack, chapter and verse. And they were arguing that. It, well, what they determined was that the EPA was saying, "No, we're com- we can do this because of the Clean Air Act." And then SCOTUS looked at it and said, "No, you can't. You spe- you." absolutely cannot do this you do not have the authority under the clean air act at all and they said that this and of course this is all about cap and trade etc 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 and they were saying that no you 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 do not have that authority you that's something that congress does and they also pointed out by the way that congress repeatedly rejected the epa's previous attempt 
to expand their regulatory authority. Quote from Roberts, Congress did not grant EPA in Section 111D of the Clean Air Act the authority to devise emission caps based on the generation shifting approach the agency took in the Clean Power Plan and blah, blah, blah. They said that the government tried to downplay the matters and they said that, no, the 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 authority was exceeded and that the policy nor does the, any of the statutory language give them any authority to do this at all whatsoever they were trying to say that the system of emission reduction they said that the, co- the court had no occasion to decide on whether that statutory phrase refers exclusively to measures that improve the pollution performance of individual sources etc cetera, etc cetera. but they said that the clean power plan they said that you know the epa whether or not they were within the authority granted to the agency for the reasons given the answer from the court is no the end it's no and if con- and if they want that authority, Congress has to explicitly act to grant them that authority. They are a regulatory agency. They don't get to write policy. They don't get to craft legislation. That is what Congress does. And so people like AOC who are out there screeching, what did she what she have? Let me pull this up. I think I even, I don't even know if I, oh, her and Elizabeth Warren, for the love. She wrote, uh, Cortez wrote, quote, catastrophic. A filibuster carve-out is not enough. We need to reform and do away the whole thing for the sake of the planet. She was retweeting, you know, the EPA, some reporter, EPA power, blah, blah, blah. Again, the EPA does not have more power than Congress when it comes to regulatory authority. How does government work? Somebody missed Schoolhouse Rock. And then you had... Elizabeth Warren, I know, uh, she decided to, to stop appropriating uh, indigenous ethnicity long enough to tweet, quote, our planet is on fire and this extremist Supreme Court has destroyed the federal government's ability to fight back. This radical Supreme Court is increasingly facing a legitimacy crisis and we can't let them have the last word. That sounds insurrectiony, Huh. Doesn't it? Hmm. All right. So coming up, we got a lot to hit. We're going to get into some discussions on what else the president was uh, was getting at at the G7, the G7 meeting, because there were a couple of sound bites, as at, particularly pertaining to China that I found intriguing. And we're going to discuss that. Also, we have some wokery, a grown a double snakes man who is cosplaying as a woman, beat a 13-year-old girl in the women's skateboarding competition in New York. And his answer was, I don't have to go easy on them just because they're kids. We're going to talk about that, too. So we got a lot, got a lot to discuss. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I was just telling Kane that I'm so tired of the people who did Friends apologizing for the perception of a lack of diversity or whatever on Friends. So now Marta Kaufman, who was one of the co-creators of the series, she has apologized again for the lack of diversity in the sitcom. And she pledged $4 million to fund an endowed chair at a university, like I guess it's her alma mater, of African and African-American studies at that department. She says she was embarrassed that she, quote, didn't know better 25 years ago. Like, what did the, what, what is the, what? Like, you know what? No one, I didn't, I never thought that with a different world. I never thought that with Coach. 
I never thought that with Living Single. I never thought that with any of the shows that I watched when I was like in high school. And yeah, I watched all that. They were great shows. I never, you don't see anybody apologizing for that lack of diapers. Stop it. Just stop it. People watch what they watch. This is so annoying. Also, uh, a beehive, tr- a truck over, this is UPI, a truck overturned in Utah, and it was hauling beehives, and all Hades broke loose. 200 hives. It overturned, and apparently, uh, the, sadly, the damage to the hives was severe. They said there's like 5% that's salvageable. That just, oh my gosh, save the bees, but the bees went crazy. That's sad. We got to protect our bees. Uh, pervert R. Kelly sentenced to 30 years for being a sex trafficking racketeering pervert. A college removed a bust of Lincoln and the Gettysburg Address because somebody complained. We'll talk about this coming up in Woke. Someone complained and uh, it was gone, apparently. That's that's what happened. All right. Is Biden going to get us into World War Three? What's going to happen with that? Also, why is a grown dude competing against teenage girls in a women's skateboarding competition? Let's discuss. Shooting down woke culture, one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. Allies across the board are stepping up, increasing defense spending. A majority of them are on track for the first time to exceed our 2% of GDP commitment that they make. They agree to spend 2% of the GDP on defense. Look, for example, Germany... Germany is committed to spending 2% going forward and announced a special fund for its military of more than $100 billion. Slovakia, the Czech Republic, and the Netherlands have announced they will also meet their 2% commitments. So welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. That was Biden speaking at the G7 summit. He was talking about NATO's commitment there, the commitment, the members of NATO. Now, I this stood out to me because I was listening to this. The reason it stood out to me is because Biden and other Democrats lost their minds when Trump increased the GDP commitment of NATO members. Now, whether you like Trump or hate Trump is irrelevant. Put any kind of ideological and political loyalty to the side for a moment. One of the things that Trump did was demand an increase in how much each NATO country was spending on its own defense. And one of the reasons that was requested, and I mean, the 2% is like a slap, you know, it's not a lot. But one of the reasons was that that was requested is because, again, once again, who do people call? We're like Ghostbusters for tyrants. Who do people call when there's a problem? The U.S., doesn't matter if it's in, you know, the the in, over in the Middle East when you should have the Arab League handle it. Doesn't matter if it's in Europe when Europe should be responding to it first. Everyone always calls to the United States and it's less that we have to spend on someone else's defense when they were perfectly capable of doing it themselves. Why should we be on the hook to pay that? So that was a smart request. And that's what he and Angela Merkel, Trump and Angela Merkel, fought over. That one famous photo where he's sitting at the table and he's got his arms crossed and she's leaning over. He was not handling it. He ticked her off because he, they sat at a, and there's video of it. They sat at a boardroom table at a previous summit and he just laid into her and was like, why are you not paying more into this? He, he basically called her, well, he did not basically, he did, called her a welfare state. And he wasn't wrong. 
Democrats lost their minds. The press, Donald Trump is, you know, weakening um, relations with Germany, et cetera, et cetera. They went on and on and on and on. He was just simply asking them to spend a little bit more than under bare minimum for their own defenses. It's not like Germany was giving money away. They were spending it on their own defenses. If you're going to be in NATO, you can't expect everyone else to pick up your slack. Don't be a grifter. Pay your way. And that makes sense, right? This is not, we shouldn't have any lopsided alliances here. But that's how NATO has been operating for a long time. And I dare say they've been acting like a, 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 a bank account for Germany for a while. So it's just, it makes sense. And that's why people were like, well, how, why does Trump get to tell Germany how much to spend? I had some stupid progressives at the time. Just really dumb people. I'm being nice. Saying, why does Trump get to tell Germany what to spend? Well, because they demand NATO protection. Because they're members of NATO. And that makes sense, especially if we are the ones who always use our resources. I mean, NATO has essentially been the United States. Let's be real. It's always our resources. It's our tax dollars that fund it. Always. Yeah, maybe people can step up and spend a little more. So I will say, and I give credit where it's due. I'm glad that this president is sticking with that demand. I don't care if he wants to pretend that it was his idea, as long as it just stays. Now, here's the other thing. The other part of that, because Biden was mentioning China and he said that they they want to. And I know some people were immediately like, wait a minute, what is this going to be? He said that they want to raise they want to have six hundred billion dollars. They're going to mobilize 200 billion for in grants federal funds uh private investment over a five-year period to support projects in low and middle income countries they want to look at digital infrastructure and global health and and biden said he had this soundbite he goes i want to be clear this isn't aid or charity it's an investment that will deliver returns for everyone to see concrete benefits of partnering with democracies now they, he also had uh, other projects that he was naming as a part of the whole $6 billion. Now, there's two ways to look at this. The first way, well, first off, the other aspect of this is that this is also something that Trump had proposed. I'll take you back to 2019. This was in August when he began, when Trump, the Trump administration really began targeting they, this was something that he wanted to do upon election, but there's, you know, it takes time. There's a lot of stuff you got to do. Wanted to counter China's Belt and Road Initiative. Now, this is the Belt and Road Initiative. We got my friend Stephen Yates on next hour, and we're going to talk about this more in depth. Belt and Road Initiative was China's way to basically suck up resources of other countries for nothing. And my favorite example to use, just because of how important this nation is in the grand scheme of things, particularly rare earth elements, is Democratic Republic of Congo. So China goes in, sidebar, who facilitated this relationship? Rosemont Seneca, which was Hunter Biden's firm. So China comes in to Democratic Republic of Congo and says, we would love to invest in you. We'll help with your infrastructure. We'll help with X, Y, Z. In return, we'd like to be able to control your mineral rights. 
That's the relationship. They put their tentacles out there. And these countries, some of these countries, not all, because some countries have, act, have given them the finger. I think, was it Solomon Islands? Pretty much gave Beijing the finger. A number of nations have. Because China goes in and it's crap infrastructure. Cheap product, cheap labor, crap infrastructure. That has to be replaced in a couple of years. You want to talk about a lopsided deal, there you have it. So they get in, so, you know, for Cong- Congo, for instance, they get in, they, could get, they get to control mineral rights. Now, Democratic Republic of Congo has like, I think it's, isn't it the biggest supply of cobalt? One of the biggest supplies of cobalt in the entire world. And they were actually, there was a, an investigative piece that was done by ABC, not mm, 2014, 15, where they were, they showcased this, this huge uh, bombshell that uh, was like 20,000 kids hand digging in these mines for cobalt and it was you know all and they apparently i think while they've reduced child labor there it's not been eliminated for this specific purpose and so uh that's that's what china does they go into these countries and they offer you know xyz but they want something out of it this is why after when afghanistan fell what is it copper Afghanistan sitting on the biggest supply next to Venezuela, I think the biggest supply of copper in the entire world. And that's why after Taliban took over, China immediately was like, oh, maybe we should make nice with them because we kind of share a bit of a border. Uh, Let's, you know, let's, and they were doing outreach and all this stuff. They would love to control all of this because you have so many leaders talking about moving part of that great global reset to what? EV. Now I'm not against electric vehicles. I love the idea. I love the torque. I mean, you can go from, you know, zero to bat out of hell in like a blink of an eye. It's amazing. I love things that go fast. Yes, I love technological advancements. I love gadgets. It's all of these things wrapped into one. What I don't like is having to take one dependency, which is on, you know, OPEC, that cartel, and take it to the damn communists across the Pacific and be reliant upon them for all of the ingredients to make electric everything work. Cobalt, copper, lithium. A, B, C, D, all of it. And that's essentially, not essentially, that is precisely what Biden's Green New Deal is proposing. Completely skipping over bringing American ability to provide these things and manufacture these things, skipping over that entirely. That is my problem. And so, as a result, you have China's Belt and Road Initiative. So Trump was like, okay, to complete this game, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it better. And it's going to be cheaper. But it's going to be better labor, better materials, actual infrastructure. So this, again, is a continuation of that. And again, I will give credit where due. I am glad that this president is continuing the policy of the previous president. And I don't care if he wants to try to claim credit for it so long as it gets, so long as it, you know, there it is. Now, you can look at it like this. Now, that's why I said there's two ways to look at this. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it, and I do have this little voice in my head saying this, why the hell should we be investing in these countries? Why? One of my favorite games to play is Risk. I am unbeatable in Risk. I have never been beaten. Ever. I have played members of my family. Uh, I've, I mean, friends. I have never been beaten, and I've been playing Risk since junior high, high school. I don't know what it is, but I dominate the board and I dominate everybody and I just, I just absorb everything. So I look at it through that lens. 
It's a great game. You should play it with your kids. It's very fun. Uh, you can really see the bonds, which bonds are real and which aren't. <laughs> but I sort of look at it, just to put it in layman's terms, through that perspective. You have countries that are still developing. In, in These are, whether industrially, technologically, what have you. And in some of these countries, there are amazing resources. Now, you could say, well, this sounds like a play for resource. Yes and no. First off, I don't think anybody should make any apologies about wanting to do everything that they can to show up the best, shore up the best interest of their sovereign nation. You don't make apologies for doing what's best for your family, do you? Why would you make apologies for doing what's best for your country? But secondly, I think that's a narrow, myopic view of it. I think it's more than that. I think it's also what is better for the world? Having an entity that is pledged and more determined for people to live freely and, and understanding and respecting that these minerals are respective to these sovereign entities or the damn communist in Beijing that'll bulldoze everybody over and control everything. What do you think is better? That's the other way to look at it. You want to be, if you don't want to rule it, you want to be kingmaker. Because there is influence extended still through that. So, it's kind of a win-win. And I hate even saying this. Because, and again, those are two ways to look at it. I'm not saying I support that much money. I'm not even saying I support, but I understand in a perfect world, we shouldn't have to do any of this. In a perfect world, I shouldn't have to pay taxes. Because taxation's theft. But it is what it is. You deal with the cards you're dealt. You play them. So this continuation of this position is interesting to me. And it's interesting to me too, and this is what I want to bring up with Yates. Because I think it also showcases that the Bidens made their money off of China already. With, for instance, Rosemont Seneca. That was the big dirty deal, right? Hunter Biden was working with China, and I'm not making any of this up. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not. This is all there. These are all the receipts. They have all of this information because of emails. We know exactly what his firm was doing with China, and we know without any question because it was discussed in emails that he was involved, that firm, which the big guy gets 10% of, was involved in facilitating the deal to guarantee those mineral rights and the extraction and sale of those minerals for China from, the, from DRC, that Hunter Biden's firm was involved in that. But now that firm's been dissolved. Rosemont Seneca is no longer around. Remember the guy who whistle blew and was doing the rounds talking about all that, said the big guy? He was one of the partners in it. So he was explaining all of this stuff. So it's been dissolved. So it's like they made their money already because... A Belt and Road initiative like this from the U.S. would be a threat to their bottom line if they were still financially involved. I just find it very interesting. We're going to talk about this with Stephen Yates here coming up. We have Florida Man on the way now. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. (laughs) It's time for Florida Man. Giddy up. All right, so... A few things here. A Florida man. <sighs> he looks like a living cartoon. A Florida man posed as a cast member. 
stole $10,000 in R2-D2 droid in a supposed attempt to earn a job in Disney World security. Wait a minute. To show that he could steal stuff? A man was let's get this right. A man was arrested for impersonating a hotel guest and a cast member. He stole. Oh, he also stole a gold necklace, an R two D two droid worth about ten thousand dollars, according to sheriff's reports, detailing the man's scheme that unfolded across Disney property this year. David Proudfoot, is forty four, is facing several charges, including grand theft. He caught security's attention when he pushed a cart on Epcot Resorts Boulevard to the Swan Reserve. He had a name tag that said David and a bright orange safety vest. The security officer to- thought he looked totally sus. And uh, yeah, he was lying and he stole some stuff and now he's in trouble. That seems like really, you got to go to a lot of effort. Kane and I are divided on this. Florida is going to fine drivers who play music at high volume. Driving a car with loud music may be punished in Florida with fines of more than $100 as of July 1st. I think this is a stupid law. They insist that... The, well, the legal text establishes fines of $114 up to when music coming from a vehicle can be heard at a minimum distance of 25 feet. And it, and if it's loud by like I churches, schools, or hospitals. No, no, it was the tinted windows. It was we tinted windows on. we didn't agree Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up. I, I mean, I, I only think you should be fined if the music's bad, right? Like, it maybe, and I could handle that. You know, I'll totally abuse it too. Stick with us. We have another hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. More of The Dana Show back after this. America's better positioned to lead the world than we ever have been. We have the strongest economy in the world. Our inflation rates are lower than other nations in the world. The one thing that has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States an overruling not only Roe v. Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy. It's not challenging the right to privacy, though. The problem was that, and this is what Ruth Bader Ginsburg had previously highlighted, is that they were bastardizing the definition of privacy in order to try to argue and say that that clause was somehow applicable to taxpayer-funded abortion on demand. It was just crap law. It was actually really, I mean, it was never logical, and therefore it was always at risk of having something like this, like like Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization come up. Welcome back to the show, third hour of the program. My friend Stephen Yates will join us later on in the show to break down the weird, wild G7 NATO thing, because I think you're going to want to know some of that. And also, Xi Jinping is apparently making moves, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, I have some wokery for you also right now uh, coming up. Uh, quick note, so 538 released their uh, first the first of many to come, 2022 forecasts. And they're saying, which is in line with what Chris, uh, the Sabato's Crystal Ball and uh, Cook Political Report and RCP have said, Republicans are favored, largely favored to win the House. Senate's still a toss-up. Still a toss-up. And I'm going to break that down even more in depth uh, coming up tomorrow. So at Cornell, the Cornell Library, Cornell University, a bust of Abraham Lincoln and a plaque of the Gettysburg Address have been removed in the latest, the latest installment of woke scold cancel culture. A Cornell biology professor, Randy Wayne, told College Fix that, quote, someone complained and it was gone. The bust of Lincoln and the bronzed plaque of his historic Gettysburg Address, they had been in Kroc Library. 
and where the university's Division of Rare and Manuscript Collections is located has been since 2013. When he asked the librarians what happened after he noticed the display was missing, he was told it was removed after some type of complaint. Now, the communications team were trying to insist that it was only a temporary exhibit. However, others are disputing that. So that would be very sad if, and also ironic, what, really? You'd remove that? Also in Wokery, jeez, this story, a 29-year-old man who cosplays as a woman, look, sidebar, I don't care what you want to do, but when you start disenfranchising women, we're going to trade words. The man, 29 years old, won the women's division of the Border Open in New York City, a skateboarding contest, sponsored by Red Bull and Sports Illustrated. He beat 13-year-old Shiloh Katori from Florida. She came in second place. A 29-year-old dude who recently started identifying as a woman beat a 13-year-old girl. By the way, 13 years old winning first place is pretty amazing. Yes, she won first place because his first place win is illegitimate. And it's open to all participants at all skill levels, but they have male and female contestants. So he's from L.A. He won the prize and the title. And a lot of people are issuing, which they should, complaints about it because it's ridiculous. There are all of these young women, young girls and teenagers, and a nearly 30-year-old dude in first place. I just, it, it is insane. And what's weird, in 2016, Red Bull, which is one of the sponsors, they published a blog post suggesting that athletes who go through male puberty, like, uh, what's his name, Ricky Trey, have biological advantages, duh, because of muscle growth. They wrote at the time, quote, the core of a skateboarder plays a very crucial role. The group of muscles in the abdominal region, the obliques and part of the back, play a pivotal role in skateboarding performance. Since the sport requires moving over unstable surfaces, the core provides the strength to stabilize the body and balance it, and it also supports related musculature and other parts of the body, which is engaged while skateboarding. Hip flexors, quadriceps, etc., etc., etc. So, that's, it's, I just think that's sad. And his win apparently made a lot of the females mad. And Shiloh, to her credit, said she was not upset about the result. She can speak for herself, but there were other female competitors who were. And they were unhappy because they, because it's disenfranchisement. I mean, I don't know why he couldn't go and compete in the male category, but do you think that he would have won first place? I am curious. So far, none of the articles that I've read actually discusses that, whether or not he would have been able to maintain a first place win. But it just, um, it's sad. There was one competitor, Taylor Silverman, who was upset. Uh, Remember, she was, she had competed in a competition and had been disenfranchised by a man. And that was in May. And that's what it is. I mean, you have these these men, they go through puberty as men. They live as men in some of in many of these instances 
in their sport of choice, they compete as men. And then they decide later on they're going to identify as women and they go and compete against women. That's a war on women if you want to have that conversation. And it's sexist. And then when the women complain, the in one of the most patriarchal things I've ever seen, the progressive men who are appropriating female identity based on sexist optics, I might add, they have the audacity to call the women complaining bigots. When it has nothing to do with that at all, but it does have to do with fairness. It's the men who are the bigots in this situation. The men who are accusing the men who are identifying as women. It's just bizarre to me. I I don't understand how we go as a society from, you know, like the 90s when they were saying, oh my gosh, don't objectify women. Don't objectify women. But all of the characteristics upon which objectification of women is based are the very characteristics that many trans activists use to as their identifying flags. You know what I mean? Like um, the, the physical attributes are used literally as the optic by which to judge the identity. Isn't that like a complete subversion of everything that, so they, they've, it's been so inconsistent. That's third wave feminism though for you. Sadly, just, just craziness. A couple of other things in control. There had been an infant who had been, he needed a heart transplant. August Stoll. He was born on December 8th in Tennessee, and he had battled a heart defect from the age of 13 days. He spent most of his life in the hospital. He had heart surgery on June 8th. It did not work as hoped, and his parents were told that he would need a heart transplant. But the doctor said that the baby would need to be vaccinated before the heart transplant. And the parents were like, wait, what? They And this is what I hate. The, the story, it's a British publication and they're full of it. But they said that, you know, the parents, the Stoles argued that against vaccinating their child, they put their severely immunocompromised child at risk. Wait a minute. Kane, remind me a lot of the didn't we have a lot of heart problems with where oh, I'm just yeah. I'm just, you know, asking a question. I mean, not to mention that kids would be struck by lightning twice before dying from COVID. They played politics with the life of this baby. And I just think that if you have a kid that has a heart defect. Why in the world, especially when there were all of these adverse reactions that have been collected and and cataloged by other medical professionals because the CDC wasn't doing it, don't do do people not understand the position of the parents who see certain things like this and kind of question like, for instance, within my family, we have an individual who when they get viruses uh, they have an issue with some of their, their organ tissue, inflammation of their organ tissue. And they were advised by their cardiologist to avoid, especially after they had already naturally contracted the virus, to avoid getting the injection because of that risk and the concern that it would have been increased due to the already present reaction of their body, which put them in the hospital twice previously, by the way, to viruses there are some people that have those very legitimate science-based health concerns 
And I think that it is ridiculous to discount these parents for having those same concerns, particularly when the heart is the organ that most often comes up in some of these adverse reactions. And again, particularly with males. Why more males than I don't know? I don't know if they've ever have they actually ever studied that more in depth and tried to identify what about men there were more of these cases than women i know this is something that we talked about with garrett vanderbosch when vandenbosch when we had him on prior but anyway so he was in vanderbilt children's hospital in nashville uh and they i i think that they finally relented and they were saying that he's not going to he's not going to get he's now cleared for the transplant though and i'm pleased that he was because it's just i mean the cdc only just recently even approved the injection. I, I don't like to use the word vaccine because I believe that words have meanings. I don't care if people get it, but I'm not going to, I mean, I'm, I, I feel like I'm in the, the profession of distributing truth and not reading Mother Goose and Grimm, right? But they said that, um, I mean, it was only just what, just last, well, actually this month, we're still in this month, that the CDC had approved injections for infants from six months old. So it's just wild that this is, I mean, and he barely even meets that at his age. It's just sad that the politics, see, this is what happens when you politicize medicine and science. It is a life or death situation. We have more to come. We have headlines on the way as well. You don't want to miss it. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. This is just crazy. So in Australia, listen to this, they're calling them pandemic babies that have no immunity are ending up in intensive care facilities across Australia with respiratory illnesses. They said there's a huge rising number. They have absolutely no immunity admitted to intensive care. They present what they say co-infections with all these respiratory illnesses, RSV, etc. And they said that they have these other illnesses like they've exploded hundreds like from 355 a week to 3775 a week wow that's crazy i mean there's kids are taking a hit on their immunity that's just something else and wimbledon this is so sweet in wimbledon uh, according to new york post they were trying they they had an experiment to replace the ball boys with dogs but it failed for an, a very adorable reason um because the dogs were very excited and um, they all wanted to play and it didn't work out but it's nice that they tried and it's it, i mean it would be cute to see a dog like go oh, you know fetch the balls it would be uh let's see in san francisco it's rain oh it's raining anchovies Mm. sf gate says anchovies are reportedly raining from the sky across san francisco uh, in Reddit, they were discussing this. Eight, the eight-inch silverfish raining from the sky under their friends' roofs, back decks in outer Richmond. And they're saying that seabirds, because of an explosion in the anchovy population off the coast of the Bay Area, that the birds have more fish than they know what to do with. And that's ultimately what it is. It sounds... I mean, if you like that on your pizza, it doesn't sound like a bad problem to have, I guess. Uh, let's see. Don't go near bison or large animals in national parks. So again, another dude gets gored by a bison, this time at the at Old Faithful. This was Monday of this week in Yellowstone. A 34-year-old man from Colorado was walking on with his family on the boardwalk. The bull charged the group, according to a park release. I don't know how they were that close to the, the bison anyway. 
Uh, the family said they didn't leave the area. The animal continued to charge and then gored the man. He was injured, taken to the hospital by ambulance. And I guess he's recovering because they don't really talk, you know. They say stay 25 yards away from large animals, 100 yards away from bears and wolves. I'm just going to say if you see a bear, it's, you know, don't think you're going to outrun it. It's not going to happen. They're, they may be fat, but they're fast, man. I'm telling you. Whew. That's kind of crazy. This is this headline cracks me up. So the 93-year-old engineer who invented the first ever wireless cell phone, Martin Cooper, he created it in 1973. He says that people need to get a life and stop using their damn devices so much. He was talking with BBC Breakfast and the guy who's from Chicago, he goes, I maybe use a mobile phone for 5% of my life, of my time. That's it. And when he was asked what he had to say to people who use theirs for hours upon hours a day, he goes, get a life and put your phone down. (laughs) He says he's not wrong, though. Uh, He was the person who came up with the idea also of assigning everybody their own phone number. And he created the concept of wireless communication using cell phone towers. The original phone could last 25 minutes before it ran out of battery and took 10 hours to charge. It also weighed two and a half pounds and was 10 inches long. So it was a brick. It was an absolute brick. But he said, yeah, he's like, you know, he's like, who, he goes, who, he's like, why, I don't get these people that use it for five hours at a time. That is true, though. Have you ever seen how long you use your phone for? I know. I'm actually kind of scared. I, in my defense, I also do work on it. And I look at memes, but I do work. Stephen Yates joins us next. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Because when the United States and G7 countries put skin in the game, it helped bring, helps bring millions of dollars up to, by far it's all over, up to possibly a trillion dollars of private sector money off the sidelines. $600 billion in just the next few years. Unlike China, these projects will be done transparently and with very high standards. For example... Th- this, this actually, I don't hate that line from... POTUS. I got to, we talked a great deal about that just a previous segment. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. That was, he was at uh, G7. He's talking about commitment to NATO, continuing Trump's demand for the, what is it, 2% something defense spending. And then this was also a continuation of something previously in the previous administration, countering China's Belt and Road Initiative. Very interesting. Let's bring in our expert and friend, Stephen Yates, from his Lego bunker. He's a senior fellow at America First Policy Institute and chair of the China Policy Initiative. Stephen, I'm curious as to your thoughts on on the president's remarks on that. What do you make of those? Well, first, you sort of have to put a giant grain of salt next to everything he says with regard to numbers. He seems to move with great fluidity from millions to billions to trillions and somewhere in that range is reality and there's a pretty big difference between both ends of that spectrum and so i never quite know what number are we really talking about but the principle is good that yes we should be competitive uh you know don't cede the battle space to the chinese uh however there are some specific numbers that matter a great deal and I think he came up very short with regard to what President Trump started impressing the Europeans and NATO members to honor their own commitments. It wasn't even that the United States was pressing for something. They all signed on to pay 2% of their GDP into a collective self-defense model. And not only are they not living up to their own commitment to themselves, the amount of aid the United States is giving the Ukrainians to defend themselves 
is is like twice the amount of all of Europe combined. And so we are way, way failing the idea of Europeans taking care of Europeans. It's still, in a way, welfare for the Europeans. And I, th- that part is extremely disappointing to me. Yeah, I, I I do agree. And I think that's, yeah, that's, it is kind of, it's been welfare because the United States is NATO and we've been funding everything. I That's what the whole, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the whole bust up that Trump had with Angela Merkel because he was basically called her a welfare state. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, they were playing both sides in a way that was uh, I think really, really cynical. It was very bad for America's interests, but I think it was really bad for a lot of European interests and the Ukrainians are paying for it right now. Mm. So as much as everyone wants to virtue signal by going and having their side by side with Zelensky, they're not really living up to where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Uh, and that part, I think, you know, really, if a president wants to lead, you got to go there and basically be like Trump. You don't mind being the skunk at the garden party. You're there to kind of <laughs> let out. They just got to live with it. I got the skunk at the garden party. I didn't mean <laughs> that was good. Talking to Stephen Yates, American First Policy and Institute. The the inclusion, Turkey dropping their opposition to the inclusion of Finland and Sweden, which I think I think Biden called Switzerland at one point. I mean, they you know, they start with SWA. So, you know, I, it's Biden uh, that I was kind of surprised to see Turkey stop opposing their entrance into the organization. How did that come about? Well, I, the short answer is I don't know what Erdogan's calculation is on this. He is, he's the leader of Turkey, been there. He's sort of a Putin-like figure yeah. in the sense that uh, he straddles a lot of different divides. Uh, Asia and Europe is one of them. Clearly a NATO member, but uh, doesn't mind buying military material from Russia. Uh, and so my sense is he sort of found the limits of where he felt he could push within NATO. Uh, he probably hasn't compromised his ability to get more material from Putin should he want it. Uh, and so I, I thought it was basically a pretty shrewd, self-interested move on their part. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not praising a bad man. It's just, you know, if you look at just the deal making part of it, I think he saw the room fighting amongst itself. Europe unfortunately, contrary to the dominant narrative, is showing some provocative weakness here. Yeah. And so I think he's he's within his enlightened national self-interest to play both sides. And so that's what he, I think he's done. Yeah, he has done. The um, Talking with, with Stephen Yates, it, there was a story that came out saying a U.S. commander said Russia and China's partnership means that the U.S. must prepare for attack on Guam. The Indo-Pacific Command wants additional funding to build up facilities uh, a piece that that came out about this. And then, of course, we have, you know, the story with NATO expanding. It does seem like there was a, a bit of a pivot uh, with his remarks that it's, you, I mean, NATO exists to counter Russia, but now we're starting to look towards the Pacific and like, oh, we have two nuclear capable entities here who are geopolitical foes. Do you think, first off, that is that, it, it, does that sound chicken little to you? Is it that? Is serious that immediate right now uh, in terms of, you know, that partnership and China's ability to act? And secondly, is NATO's focus expanding? Yeah, well, NATO has had an improvement in the way it's talked about China. Uh, and I think it's important because China is not a regional issue. It's a global issue. It gets into our societies. It's in every region of the planet. And so I think any kind of alliance that 
takes itself seriously. And I think it's up for debate whether NATO really takes itself seriously enough. At least they're engaging this conversation in a way that I think is a net improvement. Uh, certainly it would be a disservice to themselves and to their dominant funder if they were engaging in behavior that made the world less safe for us by enabling the Chinese. And I think they did that for a while and have come up to a sobriety checkpoint. And so I think that there's net progress on that. Uh, but if they can't really meet their own commitments to take care of other Europeans, we can't exactly bank on them tilting the global scales. But really, it's the Russians and the Chinese that are out there playing the Cold War revival game, then sitting back and saying, hey, comrade, stop engaging in Cold War thinking. So, I mean, it's you know, I think it's rational for everyone to say these guys are colluding. And if you're going to sanction one, you got to look at sanctioning both. If you're going to disengage from one, you need to look at disengaging from both. Uh, if you're going to say Putin and the Russian model are evil and destructive, you can't kind of whitewash what's going on with China and the China model. And it's a hard, big pill to swallow. But we don't really get a choice because they are colluding. Mm, they, I don't like that word with those two entities. Talking with Stephen Yates, the, and you can find him at Yates Comms on Twitter. Was this a successful sum? I mean, I know it's Biden and you have, I mean, uh, kind of uh, tone deaf foreign policy people uh, handling and guiding this administration, I think, for the most part. He was talking about going to Saudi Arabia, but not to ask for, for an increase in oil. But th- was it was it successful in, in, in sending the message that I think that they intend to send to Putin? I mean, there was the 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 joking with uh, Russian propaganda where you had Trudeau and Boris Johnson and they were joking about taking uh, uh, shirtless uh, riding riding horses shirtless and doing some propaganda that way and, and Putin was petty and struck back uh, with a lame comment but I mean was it was it a success basically is what I'm asking in my view no uh, and I might be a harsh judge of these things but uh, and I'm probably going to flub it with the audience but I don't know if any of them watched the old PBS show, Are You Being Served?, where the old owner would walk out all the time and just sort of shakily say, you've all done very well, and he would walk off and everyone would clap. This was at a department store. I kind of feel like we have an old person getting up on stage and just saying, hey, we've all done very well, and everyone claps and walks off. No one is moved by this. No one is impressed by this. There's no bloody dictator in the world that goes, oh, no, shiver me timbers. These guys are coming for me. Uh, we better stop doing what we're doing. I think that they, that the Europeans, including some of our good allies, are falling into the Democrat overly used approach of warfare as pure comms exercises. So they'll talk about memes, they'll talk about snark. And I love snark, but it doesn't win any wars. Right. And it doesn't deter anybody from doing bad things. And the fact of the matter is, the Russians are gaining ground in Yugoslavia, while these guys are getting together and breaking their arms, patting themselves on the back, while they're underfunding their own alliance, and they're underfunding the guy that they want to stand like shoulder to shoulder with in the Ukraine. So I don't know how anyone in the real world can take it seriously. That's a great point. Not, I mean, underfunding that effort, and, and especially if they're trying to send a message, but and having all of these nation state members underfunding their own defense, because they were talking a great game, oh, we expanded NATO's borders. But if you can't facilitate or you can't finance the defense of those borders and with each individual con- country with their own sovereign areas, then what does it matter? Exactly. So, I mean, we just have to focus on actions rather than posturing. I mean, I think this was a posture summit. And as far as I'm concerned, no one's moved by, by all of that. And if I were, if I felt like I was at risk 
if I was on that periphery with Russia, uh, posture wouldn't do a whole heck of a lot for me. What material are you going to sell to me? Mm. And what can I count on in real deterrence and defense? And what are you going to do to restructure the financial system if we're supposed to move away from Russia and perhaps China on energy, technology and other areas? They didn't answer any of that. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, too. We're talking with Stephen Yates, uh, this Bloomberg piece. China's Xi declares Hong Kong is reborn after overcoming risks. His first time outside the mainland in almost 900 days. And I guess this was his um, uh, victory lap, kind of. That's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's just supremely gross to me. I mean, on the one hand, uh, he stayed within the People's Republic of China. This Winnie the Pooh guy has still never left his own country since day one of the COVID outbreak. Uh, And that should be a major signal to the rest of the world about the stability of China and what they're going through politically, economically and health wise. So he I mean, they talk about this 900 days. That's you're coming up You're three years without leaving your country. That's not normal. I mean, I've left my country. It's not leaving your country. Yeah. That's and do you, so. Do you think that if he were to leave and then come back, because I mean, there's always another commie to replace him. But is that? I know that there are factions within Beijing. Is he worried about being deposed? I I don't know how else you you, you explain why someone who's supposedly this supreme emperor for life either just feels lazy enough that he doesn't have to go anywhere and make the world come and kiss his ring, or. I don't care. I don't want to risk leaving this room because someone's going to close the door and lock it behind Mm. me or worse. Uh, And so I don't know if it's paranoia or if it's arrogance, but it is conspicuous and weird, if you ask me. And kind of walking on the tomb of a formerly free and wonderful place like Hong Kong is just gross. And if all of these Europeans wanted to celebrate freedom and solidarity and all this for the rest of the world, Maybe have a peep about this at that summit. Maybe have a peep at the White House or the State Department beyond the reheated leftover talking points of the last 20 years. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, I was reading that apparently 3000 people had a quarantine ahead of this. Everybody that was participating in their celebrations, their state theater. Goodness. Stephen Yates at Yates comms on Twitter. Stephen, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Dana. Take care. Of course. You too. We have more to come, folks. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. The Secret Service said today in a statement that the committee didn't ask Secret Service witnesses to respond to Ms. Hutchinson's testimony prior to yesterday's hearing. Um, Given that the committee knew what she was going to say, was it a mistake not to ask the Secret Service about it before she said it publicly? Well, she was under oath. And uh, that doesn't mean anything. All she did was recount a report that was given to her. She wasn't in the car. I don't like the love. Do you love don't you love how this changes? I mean, welcome back to this program. Don't you love how it changes? First, it was, well, she just reported what she, that's hearsay. Why does it even matter then? That's not even, why do we even care? That's their defense. Her answers were structured so precisely, you know, and it, (laughs) that was, Raskin didn't know how to, she was like, I didn't know how to deal with that. That, that whole thing is, and the fact that now it's, it's completely embarrassingly for them debunked and it calls into, again, question any of their credibility.
I wanted to play this for you really quickly, too. Baymax, Disney's upcoming program, promoting dudes that menstruate. What? Excuse me, which of these products would you recommend? Oh, um, well, these are the tampons I usually use. Thank you. I prefer pads. They're more comfortable for me. Thank you. I always get the ones with wings. Thank you. Get them scented and bleach-free if you can. Thank you. Yo, my daughter loves these. Thank you. These might be easier if it's her first period. Thank these you. are really environmentally friendly. Ew. Ew. Yeah, did we need it? Why is Baymax doing it? Why? I I don't know. That's their thing. It was like this little teaser thing. They have a dude who who is buying period pads. Okay. For, I mean, we just, I don't understand why the reaction, like the left is like, oh, the people are, per- are clutching pearls over uh, the, the Baymax uh, tampon thing. And it's like, well, because science that's all and it's appropriation that's all and why is disney a cartoon getting involved in it i just think that's it. that company's creepy that company's creepy that's creepy when you're like trying to politically preach to kids about stuff that you don't even have consistency on the left has no consistency on the left can't even define that's messed up when it and it's totally a, a polit it's totally political it's not science because it would be consistent if it was there's no consistency they're the ones freaking out we're just like that's not actually scientifically accurate yeah and women don't need to be mansplained to by dudes buying menstrual products stop it it's ridiculous just nuts Ugh. all right so tomorrow <laughs> We're going to we'll get into uh, Mayor Secretary new mom Pete Buttigieg. He's going to fight the racist highways with a billion dollars of taxpayer money. He's. Yeah. Today in stupidity came. All right. Well, since our president spoke publicly today, there's always something right. I mean, it always happens. So this is him talking about. Although he wanted to talk about Finland and Sweden, he said Switzerland. We got the telephone. He suggested we call the leader of, of Switzerland. Switzerland, my good, my goodness. I'm, I'm getting really anxious here so about expanding NATO. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, sw and sw, you know, I mean... of the free world. Just don't ask him where it is on a map. He'll probably be as good at that, at finding that as he is getting off a bicycle. Just saying. All right, folks, that does it for us tonight. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter chapter and verse over at Substack. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And I'll be back behind the mic with you tomorrow. Arizona Republican Senate candidate Jim Lehman joins me to explain how to solve the nation's energy and water crisis. I'm Sarah Carter on the latest Sarah Carter Show. I'll also discuss the horrific story of more than 50 migrants found dead in Texas and my travel nightmare from earlier this week. And I explain why President Biden deserves the blame for both. Join me. Follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.